Hi, and welcome to Headline Talks, our podcast on European news coverage and those at the heart of it. My name is Margot Cassis. I'm the head of research at Headline News Facilities Productions in Brussels. It is Eurovision Week. It's Europe's annual festival of mischief, madness, and the occasional bit of music, as described by Matt Smith in Byline Times. I'm joined by my wonderful colleague, Lisa. Hi, Margot. Happy to be here again. Yeah, happy to have you here. And it's a fun topic. You're a big Eurovision fan yourself? Yes, I am. Well, it's also an event with an undeniable political dimension. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. People always say that Eurovision isn't linked to politics or it can't be political. But obviously, there's nothing more political than Eurovision. It's like the biggest lie ever told. (laughs) A big example was last year, right after uh, Russia started its invasion of Ukraine. The European Broadcasting Union excluded Russia from the contest, a ban that continues this year. And then after that, Ukraine famously went on to win Eurovision in 2023. Here is the Ukrainian winner, Kalush Orchestra, featuring Malik Harris. So another country that didn't participate last year and that isn't participating this year is Hungary. But why? We asked ourselves. UK media claimed in 2019, which is the last year that Hungary participated, that the Hungarian government under Viktor Orban withdrew the country from the Eurovision Song Contest because it's quote-unquote too gay. Hungarian media then called those reports fake news and stated that no Hungarian government source ever said that and that it wasn't the reason that the country was no longer participating in Eurovision. So how about a fact check in the theme of this week, Lisa? And well, you know, whenever we can combine our work as researchers with Eurovision, we aren't happy. Definitely. You are something of a Eurovision expert yourself. Where did your love come from? Well, I wouldn't say that I'm the Eurovision expert, but I definitely have a lot of love for the contest. It's so fun and extremely surprising every time. So accepting of everyone and you never know what you get to get. Like at one one hand, you have like the more classical songs every year, but then you're also surprised by more ethnical songs of countries you you might not have heard the language of before like who knows what Latvian sounds like in Belgium <laughs> and also I, I really enjoy like the whole reason why Eurovision was founded was because it was a peace project after the second world war which is, is also like in its DNA that makes it really special I think yeah true and who knew uh, if only the founders could see a feast of glitter that has become, <laughs> become today what did you think of the semi-final this week I watched it and I thought it was a really strong semi-final. I didn't really hear songs that I didn't like. Obviously, the two favorites competed, like Finland and Sweden. But for me, my personal favorite that I was actually surprised by, it wasn't my favorite before this first semi-final, was Czech Republic, which really surprised a lot of people, I think. Yeah, they were so beautiful. And of course, Finland was iconic. I'm curious. For sure. Yeah. This is being recorded, by the way, on Thursday morning. So the first semifinal took place on Tuesday. And tonight, of course, we're rooting for our Belgian candidate who is participating in the the second semifinal. We'll definitely be a a party as well. And back to our topic of today. Could you tell us a bit more about Hungary's Eurovision experiences? Yes, of course. So Hungary has participated in the Eurovision Song Contest 17 times since making its debut in uh, 1994. Its best places were fourth place in 1994, so the first time they participated, and fifth in 2014. Let's listen to that. Here's uh, Ondras Kalau Saunders. I'm very uh, sorry for anyone listening for my Hungarian pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> 
Here he is performing the song Running in 2014 in Copenhagen. So Hungary competed in Eurovision for the last time in 2019. After that, they didn't anymore, which was surprising because Hungary had a really impressive qualification streak, actually. For example, from 2011 to 2018, they had only failed to qualify for the grand final three times. Oh, that's something. Worth yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> well, we didn't, we don't do that bad either. So and what was the official reason that was given for them no longer participating? At first, there wasn't really any official communication by the Hungarian broadcaster on why Hungary backed out. They just said that Adal, which is like the pre-qualification contest for Eurovision, some kind of Hungarian idol, would just be a simple talent show from 2020 on. So the con- the winner of the contest wouldn't automatically represent Hungary at Eurovision, but would get some kind of local prizes, perform on local media, etc. So no official communication was given, but later, after accusations came that the reason why it was why they didn't participate anymore was because it might be quote unquote too gay. Like they denied those accusations saying that it was outrageous and unacceptable, that it wasn't because of, of the high number of queer performance that influenced Hungary's decision, but that they simply wanted to support valuable productions in Hungary and support the Hungarian pop scene at home. The media that claimed that it was because of LGBT-related issues that the Hungarian government had with Eurovision Song Contest, where did those claims come from? Mm-hmm. Yes, so those claims came at a time when the Hungarian leadership was making a lot of anti-LGBTQ plus statements and there wasn't there was a general like um, anti-gay sentiment in Hungary going on. And the media that quoted these reasons for Hungary not participating in, in the Eurovision, and they quoted a Hungarian news website, index.hu, that quoted unnamed sources inside the public media, so anonymous sources, basically. Why did the uh, why did the Hungarian media take issue with that? Because it was not an official source, but it was made out in mostly British media as the headline that the government said this, but there were anonymous sources. But there can be said a few things about that. Obviously, first, like obviously, they were anonymous sources, but also other sources. For example, a pro-government journalist and TV commentator, Andres Benchik, did say that he welcomed the decision. This journalist is, is generally affiliated with the Orban, Orban government. He said he welcomed the decision of the broadcaster, including from a mental health perspective, that Hungary will not take part in the homosexual, and I, I quote him directly, homosexual flotilla that is this international song competition has been reduced to. So there was that. But on the other hand, like Orban's spokesperson, Zoltan Kovac, he described the story as fake news and on Twitter, but he did not specify why it was that that Hungary did not participate anymore. So, Okay, so how would you evaluate the claims made by Hungarian media? Is this indeed fake news or is the real reason for Hungary dropping out of the Eurovision Song Contest simply more nuanced than UK media made out to be? It's always more nuanced, but it's hard to prove since they didn't officially say 
that this was a reason, but there were some actions that indicated that this might have something to do with it. First of all, it fits in the philosophy of the Orban regime, like traditional values that he claims to promote. They are everything that Eurovision is not usually. Internationalism, unity in Europe, pro-queer, pro-feminist performers. It would make sense that they would try not to incorporate this into the state media which is closely affiliated with the regime. And also there has been a longer pattern of disapproval of Eurovision after Conchita Wurst, for example, won in 2014. She was the bearded lady that sang about... about, um, Rise Like a Phoenix, Phoenix, exactly. When she was declared the winner, the state news channel, Duna, they didn't even mention Conchita Wurst's name in the reporting, neither did they show, for example, footage of her performing. They just showed the Hungarian contestant, his performance and so on. That was quite telling, I think. And then obviously there are more more recently the so-called anti-gay propaganda laws that Orban introduced, making it illegal to talk about queer issues with children and portraying them in books and movies and so on, which also plays into the same same line that has been going on. That's interesting. It, it kind of fits into what we talked about in our very first podcast with Hungarian correspondent in Brussels, Sándor Zsíros, who explained that there's also a kind of trend of portraying European media as the enemy and kind of uh, creating a mm-hmm. uh, us versus them reasoning. Did you see that also in, in your research into this issue? Yes, definitely. But also on the other explanation that was being put forward by them was that they want to promote Hungarian productions at home which personally, for me, it seems a bit of uh, seems a bit weak as Eurovision with 180 million viewers every year seems like a perfect target market for Hungarian culture and music to put it into the spotlight. And so what are they doing this year? They're not participating? Are they showing the contest? Well, no, they're, they're not broadcasting this year's contest, but this is nothing new actually because ever since they stopped competing, they didn't broadcast. So in 2021 and 2022, as the competition was cancelled in 2020 because of COVID, they didn't broadcast. But previously, however, in 2010, they also didn't participate because of financial reasons. But that time, Gina TV did broadcast Eurovision. So I think it's definitely related to the ideology of the Hungarian government. Okay, thank you so much for offering that context, Lisa. Now, a final, uh, very important question. Who do you think will win this year's Eurovision Song Contest? Oh, impossible to tell, I think. Like, it's always so unpredictable. But maybe Finland, maybe Sweden, maybe someone else. Who knows? Good to know. How will you be watching? With friends, of course. <laughs> Alrighty. Looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. Thanks so much, Lisa. And for anyone listening, if you would like to learn more about the Hungarian political context and cultural context today, I'm happy to refer to our very first podcast, which we'll add a link in our show notes. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.